0: With the first pick in the 2009 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Matthew Stafford. Stafford stepped it up, going left side, Watch Calvin, Enzo got him! Oh, baby, that was a rocket! And it's picked off, intercepted by Darius Slade. Hello, 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 hello! Welcome to episode 72 of The Michael Rothstein Show. I'm your host, Michael Rothstein, and it's summertime. Lions, I'm recording this on Wednesday, late in the afternoon. Lions had their final access of the offseason earlier on Wednesday. So that means the next time you'll hear from a Lions player in any sort of official capacity... It'll likely be around training camp, and you know what that means. That means the potential start of the season. It's almost here, but first we've got summer. And by the way, as summer rolls around and sports come back, don't forget to check out our sponsor, Bet Online. Use the code promo code Blue get a free welcome bonus. Especially as sports attempt to start to come back, hockey, baseball, basketball, UFC, and boxing are already back, and the Premiership. Got underway today as well. So that was pretty exciting. All right. So this is what we're going to do on this episode of the podcast. It's not going to be a long show, in part because it's going to be summer vacation. It's nice outside. I'm staring at my window. It's about 80 degrees. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm bouncing in and out as far as vacation over the next month, but we're going to do what we can to keep. Going with episodes of the podcast. I have some ideas that I've been talking about a little bit earlier that now I think we're going to try to roll out here in late June and July as we head into training camp. Should still hopefully have a few guests here before we get to the beginning of the 2020 season, of course, if that happens. What I wanted to do today was to end the offseason, the virtual offseason, the zoom 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 offseason, they made available the coordinators. They made available defensive coordinator Corey Undlin and offensive coordinator Daryl Bell. They both talked for about 20 minutes each, hit on a variety of topics, and I just kind of wanted to point out a few of at least what were to me the biggest things to note going forward. And I'm going to start with the future. And by the future, I mean the more immediate future. Because I talked with both Oonland and with Bevel. I actually was the one who asked both of them these questions of what, A, what is your comfort level coming back to the facility? Because, you know, in some depending where you're listening to this, in Michigan, COVID has, is lower right now. Michigan's done a great job kind of flattening that COVID curve. Other states, like where my brother lives in North Carolina, Arizona, Florida, you're looking at numbers that are much higher and are trending. So what is the comfort level of coming back to the facility for coaches? Both of them are in that 40 to 50 range. So not the super, super vulnerable type of people. But still, you have to wonder. And it was interesting. Neither one of them said that they were really concerned about it. And if you remember listening to Bo Scarborough, if you caught it at the tail end of the interview, Bo Scarborough said he was extremely concerned about it. He said he's going to wear his mask, he's going to wear his gloves, he's going to try to stay away from people. Both Undlin and Bevel said they're excited to get back to work and they are imagining that the Lions and the NFL are going to have proper protocols in place by the time they're allowed back into the building. And it's interesting because both of them have been on far-flung parts of the country. Unland's been mostly in Philadelphia. Bevel's been in Utah. So, they've kind of had two different experiences with it. Unland didn't really get much into what his experience has been, but Bevel said he's barely left his house. He said he's gone to Costco a couple of times wearing a mask, and then he's driven to pick up his daughter from training workouts. But other than that, he's mostly been at home. So, Both of them are ready to go. They're excited to get back. You kind of see it and hear it in their voices when they were talking about it. But the other question I ask, and to me it's the most pertinent one, when we're talking about anything right now with the 2020 season, it is this. It is, what happens if a position group, I'm not even talking about a player, I'm talking about a position group, all gets positive for COVID, or one or two players get covid and then because of contract t- tracing, everyone else has to kind of sit out for a little bit. Areas specifically that I think of with that are your quarterbacks. Because if, say, Matthew Stafford and Chase Daniel both got COVID, obviously a worst-case scenario there, then what are you doing? I mean, David Blau, maybe he's on the roster, maybe he's not. But, you know, who knows how long those guys are out. What happens if the offensive line, which is relies so much on cohesion, what happens if half of the offensive line – or or four-fifths of the offensive line gets COVID. Then what do you do? So those questions to me are some of the biggest questions if you're going to play games this fall and how the, how this is going to work. Yeah, everyone's talking about fans in the stands and everybody's talking about social distancing and and, and certain protocols, but... That's another thing to me that's a major question is what happens when there are positive tests? Because let's be honest, there are going to be positive tests. You look at what's going on in college football right now, as players are coming back to campus, there are players who are testing positive. You look at the report from ESPN's Todd Archer earlier this week about Cowboys and Texans players testing positive. They've been asymptomatic and not near the facility. So what does that testing procedure look like? And then How do they handle, especially in season, what happens when a player or a group of players tests positive for COVID? Because don't stick your head in the sand. It's going to happen. At some point, it's going to happen. Everybody understands this. It's somewhere in the league. So does the NFL have a plan in place? Do they maybe say, you know what, keep more people on your practice squad this year to account for those potential eventualities. Do they say, hey, you know, we're going to expand the roster? Do they say, you know, just make sure you have your good workout situations? I You know, I don't know what the answer is. Do they allow for day of game signings instead of kind of you have to have them signed by Saturday if all of a sudden, you know, one or two guys get sick on a Tuesday and you know, you obviously have the rest of that position group definitely has to be on notice. Probably the rest of the team in case there's a mini outbreak. What do you do? I think that that's a major question. Daryl Bevel, when I asked him that, was like, I-, I don't know. He's like, those are really good questions, though. And to me, those are questions that I think the NFL has to answer and has to figure out as they work on this getting back to playing and getting to a season, because for both college football and the NFL, those are questions that I think have to get answered before as a team, you can feel comfortable doing what you're doing because, listen, players can think all they want. They're not going to get it. What's you know, like, like let's just be real. They can think that all they want, but I think if there's one thing the virus has shown is that it doesn't discriminate about who you are, uh, you know, from a celebrity status or not, from a health healthy human status or not because there have been perfectly healthy people who have gotten COVID and there have been people with pre-existing conditions, as we all know, that have gotten COVID. There have been celebrities. Tom Hanks is one of the first people, famous people from the United States that got COVID. So if Tom Hanks can get COVID, I don't care. Anybody can get COVID. Sorry. That's just the reality of it. So that to me is one of the biggest questions. And I really wonder what's going to happen there. And and both Undlin and Bevel basically have said the same thing. They'll deal with it as it gets closer, hopefully the NFL will give some direction on that. As Corey Unland said, and and I'll read you his quote. Uh, you know, as kind of, I thought he was he had a fairly reasonable approach on it when it comes to the reality of it, which is, sorry, I'm just pulling it up, which is, and I quote him: obviously that would be a concern, and I don't really have the answer for that. I'm not a medical expert. Let's just hope. And we're all hoping and praying that that does not happen. And if it does and we're in that situation, we're just going to have to, like everybody else on this planet is doing, deal with it in the necessary ways and hopefully we make it through that. End quote. And yes, by the way, I am not a medical expert either. I just go based off of what I read and I follow scientists and I follow doctors and I also follow what's going on in other leaks and, and use that as logic. So uh, those to me are, are big questions. And if I'm a player... Uh, I want to know the answers to those questions too before I'm putting myself at risk here every day of every week. We'll be back right after this quick break to just break down everything else that the coordinators hit on on Wednesday. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, BetOnline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. I don't know about you, but I'm really excited that the Premiership is back. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Visit BetOnline.ag and use the promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. And now back to our show. Welcome back. So what else did the coordinators get into besides... The obvious, which we just talked about at the top. Well, we talked some football, too. And both of them were very happy with how the virtual meetings went. Both of them talked about their skepticism early on. They weren't sure how this was going to go. Daryl Bevel thought it might be a bland, stale atmosphere. And they were both pleasantly surprised by all of it. They had good, engaging conversations, both about football and as we've talked about in prior podcasts. And that's how both Scarborough talked about about things that had nothing to do with football as well as, as so many things were going on and continue to go on in the world. So that was a real positive. The Zoom meetings actually, I think, ended up being a net positive in a situation. Listen, they didn't want to be in there. They wanted to be out on the field at MIDI Camp and OTAs, and they wanted to be in meeting rooms. But they were happier than they could have expected when it came to what happened in those meetings and with the virtual off season. So what else, what else did we learn? Well, Corey London talked a little bit about Jeff Okuda, the rookie Detroit lions cornerback. Who's expected to be a day one starter after being the number three overall pick, obviously he hasn't seen Okuda on the field, but he really, really liked what he has seen from him in talking with him in meeting rooms, in conversations. He even joked at one point it's like hey Jeff do you do anything else other than football like what else is going on like what you know because that's how focused Jeff Okuda is when it comes to football and I think that if you watched his post-draft press conference if you've read anything about it if you've learned anything about him that's just how he is I go and I think back to a conversation I had with his college coach, his senior year or his junior year at Ohio State, Jeff Hafley, who's now the head coach at Boston College. And he was telling me how they would be in the back while they were, while the rest of the team was watching a movie at Halfley's house. And the two of them would just be talking receivers and corners and ball. Like that's how focused Jeff Okuda is. He wants to be really good at, and he's doing all of the things that all of the top cornerbacks do coming out of college as far as his interest level, his work ethic, and what he's trying to accomplish. So everybody seems really happy with Jeff Okuda. Corey Unlin was asked like, hey, are you worried that it's too much football and that he might burn out and hit a rookie wall? And Unlin basically said no, he's not worried about that because of the way he's asking the questions and the way that he's wired. Uh Unlund seems to be really high on Jeff Okuda at this point, even though he hasn't worked with them in any sort of capacity since he's been drafted in an on-field situation at least from an off-field situation it seems like the coordinator and the top cornerback that they're bringing in are on the same page that's not surprising considering Unland's background is in defensive backs and in the secondary he's worked with a lot of good defensive backs in the past so a guy like Okuda based off of the people that I have spoken with is probably going to latch on to anything that Undlin tells him, especially about some of those higher-end corners that he has worked with throughout his career. So that will be an interesting kind of dynamic to watch because I think that Undlin could be a real help early on for Okuda, especially if they're planning to get him on the field right away. So what else was talked about? Some playbook stuff was talked about. When said, listen, they haven't put the entire defensive playbook in, they've gone through mostly concepts now, but that's not as different as it would be in a normal situation. Sure, they'd get work on the field, but they'd still be going through basic concepts, basic philosophies. And then when they get back for training camp, they're doing it all over again anyway. And that's when you get more into the nitty gritty. So yeah, I think there'll be some sort of need of a more time to catch up and Listen, the NFL said they might work that in in some way, shape, or form to training camp. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. However, I'm not surprised by Corey Yildon saying that the whole playbook isn't in yet defensively. I would not be concerned about that because that's going to take time. That took time with Matt Patricia when he was calling the defense as well. And it's taken time other years too. You could say, well, maybe that means that they have a, a really dense playbook. And Maybe that's a concern, but I don't think so because I think especially when you're coming at it this year, uh, you don't want to overload guys too much because they can't get the work in on the field to learn it as well. You can only learn so much mentally before you – and if you can't put it in physically as well and you can't commit it to to physical memory, you're going to lose it anyway. So I think that that's a smart strategy by the Lions on offense – Bevel, you know, listen, he has another year under his belt. There are going to be things he's going to continue to try to tweak and add, and he has some benefits there uh, when it comes to being able to do that because he has a year, and he has a lot of his pieces back. I mean, if you think about it, his top running back returns. His quarterback returns. His top four receivers return. His top two tight ends return. Two of his, well, three, if you count Joe Dahl, three of his starting offensive linemen are returning. So there's a lot of continuity there offensively that he can maybe take in his meetings a different step and a different level of step because a lot of the guys they brought in too are veterans that maybe don't need to catch up quite as much like a Chase Daniel. You're not going to necessarily have to work walk him through quite as much because of his experience and, and working in different systems. So... I, to me, the offense should be further along here when they get to training camp and also just in their installation and everything that they are trying to do. So to me, that, that I think is, is also potentially a real benefit for the Lions kind of as they go. Uh, another thing you said that I thought was interesting, TJ Hawkinson's not 100% yet, but he feels good about where he is in his rehab process. That's going to be something to watch. I would imagine that at this point, I let me rephrase that. I would be surprised at this point if we saw TJ Hawkinson right at the start of training camp ready to go. I think that the Lions have shown in the past they're going to be cautious with bringing guys back that have suffered from injuries, especially without having a spring to really kind of ease them in. So you might see, don't forget, as training camp starts, maybe a few more guys on pop, or maybe they even change – some of the pup rules or adjust them for this year. I don't know whether they're allowed to do that in the C B A or not. Maybe that's something they can work on to allow for guys to kind of work back in and kind of get a gauge which you would usually get in the spring before you put a guy on pup to start training camp because once you put a guy you can't once you take a guy off a of pup you can't then put him on pup to begin the regular season and then it becomes a whole other issue when it comes to having you know when a guy's available i don't think that'll be a thing for tj hawkinson but just something to keep in mind when the lions do get to training camp that there could be more guys and that goes beyond hawkinson who maybe aren't ready for day one day two day three because they want to work them back differently like it would not shock me if jesse james in Isaac Nottar or one and two tight ends on day one of training camp. But it also wouldn't shock me if Hawkinson's back out there. I think it's all going to depend on his recovery and what the Lions see and want to see. But there's no reason to rush TJ Hawkinson back uh, at the start of training camp because you the worst thing you can do for any player right now is push them too hard too early when they haven't maybe been able to get the work in that you would expect Not because they weren't trying, but because of the situation of COVID. And then you get a soft tissue injury or something worse. So, to me, I think you'll see the Lions. I bet you see a lot of teams in the league be really cautious when it comes to that sort of situation. And Hawkinson's a guy, I think, specifically, that you can watch there. Uh, I did ask him, actually, about Colin Kaepernick as well. And I I asked him what... That's Daryl Bevel, what he feels like Colin Kaepernick needs to do at this point to get back in the league. And here is Bevel's answer. And I quote, the easiest answer is an opportunity. Somebody has to give him an opportunity to get back in and see where his skill set is at. Just from what I've read and what I've learned, he's stayed working out and doing all those things. And he feels prepared to do that. I think that's the biggest thing, he needs an opportunity end quote, I did ask whether he would be on the Lions workout list. Bevel said that that's more of a question for Bob Quinn or Matt Patricia, but also pointed out that he could be on a list all he wants right now, but without anyone being able to be in facilities, certainly not players and right now coaches Um, who knows when it comes to that. But the Colin Kaepernick question was brought up personally. I'm not sure where that would fit for the Lions right now just because of the money they gave to Chase Daniel in a guarantee for this year. So Chase Daniels are your number two quarterback. Like that's a lot of money to eat. So I don't know where that would work. And frankly, Colin Cap Ka- you're not going to bring Colin Kaepernick in to be your number three quarterback. You're just not. I mean that's a developmental slot that's going to David Blau or or it might be nobody. It might only be two quarterbacks on the roster. Uh, I can't see Colin Kaepernick as a third quarterback plus if I'm Kaepernick I would want to go somewhere else where I have a shot to definitely be at least the number two if not pushed to be the starter you know I got a place like the Chargers which I know they uh, Anthony Lynn told uh, ESPN's Lindsay Theory that that was maybe they were going to work him out. Maybe that's a good spot for him. Detroit just doesn't make sense because of the Chase, Jan- Chase Daniel situation. If this was a year ago, I would say absolutely the Lions should look to bring him in for a workout because their backup situation at that point, as we all know, was so unsettled and they went through, what, five, six backup quarterbacks even during the season. Uh, one other person I did ask about, I asked about Jason Huntley, the rookie running back. Um Curious to see what Bevel thought of him. And the first thing that Bevel said about him was that the biggest attraction was his returnability, the things he could do in the special teams game. So to me, that says that's where they're looking at him first, potentially as a returner, which leads to somebody else that we talked about with Daryl Bevel. And that is Jamal Agnew. And he basically said that Jamal Agnew has been working with the receiver. Or it might have been Unlin who said that. I don't remember which guy said that, whether it was Unlin or whether it was... Bevel, but one of the coordinators did talk about Jamal Agnew and basically said that yes, he's been mostly working with the receivers all spring long in those meetings. So it looks like that conversion is going to happen. It's going to be a tough road for Jamal Agnew. He's got clear competition in the return role with Jason Huntley, and then he's got obvious competition as a receiver because those top three spots are locked in. Quintus Cephas probably has a spot, too, as a receiver. So what do you do with Jamal Agnew? If he wins the returner job, obviously he's on your roster. Maybe he's your fifth or sixth receiver at that point. But if he doesn't win that returner job, you keep him around anyway because of his potential ability, his J.D. McKissick-like role. But if Huntley can handle that, then maybe he becomes redundant with Jamal Agnew. Of course, Agnew has other special teams value besides just being a returner and that he's a very good gunner. He's got some speed. And he's also a versatile player that can play offense or defense for you. He's a gadget-type player that you can run out there. And with Amendola specifically being a free agent after this season, maybe you stash Jamal Agnew even if he ends up being inactive for you most weeks. If he doesn't win that returner role and you kind of say, all right, we're going to stash you because we're we're letting you learn this this year and you're going to be our slot next year. So that's something to think about, too. Jamal Agnew is going to be one of the more fascinating players to me throughout the Lions training camp and how they work with him and what they do. Thanks, as always, for listening to our show. I know we hit on a bunch of different topics here in this kind of catch-up, catch-all edition before summer getaways. I hope everybody gets a good break this summer. We will be taking breaks here and there. Just want to get that clear. Uh, So... Some weeks we'll have podcasts on Monday and Thursday. Some weeks we might only have podcasts one of the two days. It's going to be kind of dependent on my schedule, what I'm doing. That's still up in the air as well. And frankly, there might not be that much to talk about. But I have a couple of ideas of things we're going to do. Hopefully have some guests on as well in the back end of June and the month of July as we ramp up to training camp, which as of now is expected to be at the end of July. Thanks as always to Regents Field, to Blue Wire, and to Bet Online for hosting and sponsoring this podcast. If you live in the Ann Arbor area, Regents Field is reopening soon. At least that's what the sign says on the front of the door. So check them out when they come back and are open again. They're right on Main Street and they're on the weekends. They're shutting down Main Street in Ann Arbor. So it's it's a good time if you feel comfortable enough being out and about a little bit. You can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Mike Rothstein on Facebook at Michael Rothstein Journalist. Make sure to download the podcast, subscribe to it, listen, leave us a five star review It's always appreciated. And we will chat with you again on Monday.